Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, listeners. Um, you've reached Kristen Floor and Mindy Griffiths with the voices of the Cannabis Wars uh, news news radio um, radio show, where we are determined to bring you the news from the front lines as we see it um, when it comes to cannabis prohibition and prisoners and defendants and police and judges and everything it takes from the raid all the way way through the snitching and the prosecution and the jail time. We like to be able to put it out there and be a voice for those people that don't have one, Um, like our prisoners who are serving life sentences for cannabis. Yes, we still have over 50, up to 100. We don't know for sure serving life sentences. Um, So throughout all of our shows, we put a focus on what's really going on in the cannabis movement and bring it to you the way the best we possibly can. We are volunteers. We do not get paid to do this. Um, the show is this show and all of our future shows are going to be in special remembrance and honor on every show that we are going to be giving to the former one of the former hosts of the show, Eugene Fisher. Uh, Eugene Fisher recently passed away. Um, last week was a memorial show for him. If you have not yet listened to that, please listen. Um, but we today is our first show besides that memorial show without him. And so we've thought of a topic that won't be so so sad because, you know, we had a really hard time last week with losing our, our best friend. You know, he wasn't just a friend to our cannabis movement, but he was very close with Mindy and I. So um, we're getting through it. And the one thing that we have in our heads is that Eugene wouldn't want us to give up on the show. And Mindy and I this week, since the last show, since the week we lost Eugene, we have ran into so many dead ends when it comes to maybe we should cancel a show just this week. And here's Mindy saying, no, no, Eugene wouldn't want us to do that. So we have pulled everything together that we have to bring you the news from the front lines this morning. Um, And we have some good news. Um, We're going to talk to Craig Cecil at 930, who's serving a life sentence in prison. It's good news in itself because Craig is on his 13th year in prison. And he calls into our show every week to talk to us. And it's the highlight of his week and the highlight of ours. So stay tuned so we can find out exactly what's going on behind the prison walls this week. Um, We're also the first guest. Yes, Mindy? Oh, this is Mindy, everybody. This who took Eugene's spot um, after Eugene passed. She was the producer. Oh, don't say it that um, way. Don't say it that way. Oh, I didn't mean it like that. But (laughs) I meant she moved from producer to host. So... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, I will, no, it's okay. I am. Um, that's that's just it's a hard one. Um, but I wanted to mention that I personally have not heard from Craig for five days. Now that Uh-oh. might be because I haven't messaged him, but I feel like I have. So it's possible we might not hear from Craig today. Is all I'm saying. Well, we're going to find out about 9.30, listeners, so stay tuned to find out how Craig is. Um, see, that's a tough subject because some of our prisoners, they just disappear when you don't hear from them, and they could be on lockdown. They could be in the shoe. They could, have, they could be in medical. There's a lot of things that happen to our prisoners when they disappear like that. So stay tuned, and we'll find out if he is actually um, okay and if he's, if he's just um, him and Mindy just haven't had any good communication or what, what's going on. Um, but our first guest, Mindy, and 
you know, you're you're native to the north to the northern part of the northwestern part of um, of the of the nation. Um, but I don't know if you've ever heard of him. But up here in Washington, he's very very known. His name is John Novak. Um, and he's known because he fights for medical cannabis, like tooth and nail. And he even got in trouble with it in the past. And his being in trouble with it has motivated him to move into a type of activism where they put a focus on public records. And he's got a website called 420 Leaks. And so we're going to find out all about that. And we're also going to find out um, what is going on with our medical as far as patients possibly going to be having to get in trouble maybe because the laws have just changed out here in Washington. So we're going to talk to him and find out what he has to say. And he is an activist that I look up to like crazy because when I entered this movement, he was already in it and he was in it tough. And so I've, I've followed his lead. I see him out there speaking on stages and, you know, just, just giving everything he can. And it motivates me to give everything I can. So um, this is a personal inspiration to me, John Novak. And then after John, we're going to see about Craig calling. After Craig, um, George Monterano, we've had a little trouble contacting him this week, so we don't know if he's calling in or not. But if he's not, Mindy and I are just going to talk about some prison outreach news. Uh, we're going to talk about Stephanie Landa and all the commissary money she raised this weekend. Then after that, at 10 o'clock, we're going to talk to Jeff Eichen. And Jeff Eichen is, has a documentary that he's working on called Lifers. And that documentary is really coming to life, basically. And he's going to be representing the documentary at the Seattle Hemp Fest this year. And so we want to find out what's going on with the documentary. Um, I've been helping him, and Mindy, too. We've, we've been conspiring together to get, to get the information about our lifers in, into his movie and show the nation what's going on. Um, after that, we're going to talk to Tom Corby. And if anybody wants to call in and get their voice heard, please do so. Our number here is 917-889-8298. So Mindy, um, I'd miss a message me, and she says that we have our first guest on the line. Before we bring uh, John Novak on, Mindy, is there anything you wanted to say about the opening this morning? No, I think we're on a roll. I can't wait to hear what John's got to say. Cool, cool. All right, well, John Novak, everyone, this is John Novak from 420 Leaks. Good morning, John. How are you doing? Good morning. How's everybody today? <laughs> we're good. We're good. We're, I don't know if you know this, but the former host of the show passed away, and he'd served 25 years in a life sentence for cannabis. So this is um, basically our second. Yes. Well, he got out of prison, and he had some difficult. He was a big fighter for for our, for our prisoners he left behind, and he had some health problems, and so. We're going without him, <laughs> but um, we're doing good besides missing Eugene. How are you this morning? Um, I'm sorry to hear about that, but uh, I will to uh, make sure we keep this respectful and and mindful of uh, not only that, but all the events that are going on, uh, you know, not only uh, here, but uh, around the world. And, well, um, so I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. Good. That's good. Now, tell us what's going on um, in medical and with this war up here in Washington, and how it has a chance of sending some of our patients possibly to jail. Yeah, we uh, have gone backwards. 
And that was the fear that we had uh, with 502. Uh, yeah. None of us with the No on 502 um, Political Action Committee were really against legalization. We were uh, uh, we saw the writing on the wall when we first read the drafts of of uh, five, uh, 502, and that it was going to be an attack on uh, medical cannabis. And uh, sure enough, it turned out to be that. Uh, the plans were kind of hatched um, even really before 502 started. Uh, but uh, I came into the picture as far as that and public records uh, kind of came together uh, at the same time with 502. Um, the people running that at the time, especially uh, Arthur West, um, Steve Sarish to some degree, um, John Worthington especially, uh, they were all uh, looking into the public records and using that in court to and and getting some pretty significant uh, information that way. Um, it was fairly quickly after I started doing it uh, myself, uh, sending out public records that we discovered that uh, the whole thing was pretty much rigged. Um, wow. State officials um, were hatching plans to uh, take over uh, what, basically what you call regulatory capture. And uh, they had no business at all with medical cannabis. And uh, they hatched a plan to figure out a way to take it over. And uh, 2015, it worked, 2015 was the culmination, culmination of that. Um, up to that point, the uh, medical cannabis community had a uh, pretty good um, lobby group. We were uh, one of the things I've learned in this process is uh, you have um, money in politics and you have emotion in politics. And we were really able to carry the emotion down in Olympia on this issue. For, for many years, for the most part, we were able to keep even uh, as far as, you know, the laws go. We, we had it pretty good up here in, in Washington State uh, as yeah. far as uh, possession amounts. And, uh, and by around 2010, 2011, uh, the laws started changing in our favor uh, significantly. And uh, a lot of patients, including myself, have been raided and gone through the excuse me gone through the courts and got some pretty good wins uh, and uh, the, the laws were looking fairly good but uh, by 2015 uh, the money interests not only from um, you know big marijuana as you call it but uh, big pharmaceuticals had moved in and started spending money and buying off uh, politicians, and they passed uh, Senate Bill 5052 in the 2015 session, and that one really ends, uh, is, was the bill that killed off uh, medical in our state for the most part, and uh, it took effect, uh, uh, let's see, I think it was around June or so of last year. Uh, and the immediate effects were a reduction in 
plan amounts that people could have in their homes, uh, down to 15 per household. And the possession amounts, and uh, there was kind of a gray area for collective gardens to remain uh, open. And then there was a deadline by July 1st, uh, massive cuts in uh, personal possession amounts, uh, not only in plant counts, but um, dried and and uh, the storefronts were were closed down to make way for uh, the um, more profitable, more uh, tax and regulated 502 model. And, uh, so, John, I've noticed like the patients. There's so many patients. What's happening with the patients? Um, I know they can't possibly. We we went from having to cure ourselves. You know, cannabis isn't that expensive to now having to spend an arm and a leg for those that can't even make it to a recreational store. How are those that are not have the funds to pay all these high prices at recreational stores, how are they surviving right now? Uh, not very well. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are suffering. Um, my family is one of the, uh, one of the victims in this. I don't have access to the types that I had before. Uh, the, the, yeah. I, I started to go out to the uh, 502 markets uh, just to see what they had, but uh, I use it for epilepsy, and so I kind of have to be careful on the, on the strains I select. And uh, so there's uh, a lot of sativas that, and hybrids with uh, sativa-dominant uh, qualities that I can't use, they will actually cause seizures, and uh, not the full-on grand mal seizures, but uh, more you know the smaller uh, petite mal, or is what they call them at, at some point. But they they always change their terminology. But um, the, the strains are not available so far. I haven't found one that works for me, so. So, John, I've got a question. Sure. What happens if these patients say, say, you know, these laws are killing me and I want to live, and they choose not to follow the laws? Um, they then risk going to prison probably and possibly up, up to the rest of their lives as we have so many people who are serving life sentences, one just for a joint in another state. Um, what what does that what does that feel like for the future of Washington possibly to know that our patients are risking could be possibly risking jail time? Well, part of the problem is we need to come together and uh, set aside a lot of the ego issues that have plagued the community for years and years, and uh, yeah. sit down together and say, okay, look, this, this is a strategy we got to get uh, together here. Um, the first thing we got to do is protect the home growth and and the right for all adults and patients uh, to do that. And if you do that, you do several things. First off, you increase the, the supply of growers uh, and in the supply chain, um, but you also um, have the ability then for more growers to be able to grow the correct kind of strains. And that that's really the, the key. 
the, the big right. companies out there, they're going to be able to serve a large part of the market. There's no doubt about that. But uh, for the medical uh, market, there are uh, some niches in there that need to be serviced. And really, the only way that those can be serviced is by um, patient-controlled growth. And that needs to be protected first. The um, All adults really need to be able to do it because uh, that way they can ensure that there's adequate supply for their loved ones and friends and, and families kind of thing. So um, getting home growth and the right to share amongst family and friends, uh, that really is uh, the bedrock of my activism right now. And the second right. thing after that is uh, getting it off the controlled substances list completely, not just rescheduling it. Uh, Schedule 2 will probably um, keep a similar kind of uh, enforcement in place. So that's why it's a step in the right direction as far as medical research. Uh, I think that you and I both and everybody probably in your audience are aware of the fact that cannabis has medical value and uh, you know that it has so much medical value that trying to quantify it down into uh, you know detail of all the different uh, categories is going to take decades and decades and decades. Right. And uh, and the, and the great thing about it is we have centuries and centuries of uh, of our past medical research. I don't know that there's a, another plant out there that's been more researched, but. Uh, that's uh, giving it off the list and protecting the uh, right to grow and share. Um, so, John, I'm going to tag you. Go ahead. I'm going to tag you in a Google Doc. A, a few months ago, we were working on a project called Project Deschedule, and Eugene Fisher, he was the, the other host of the show at the time, he had he was kind of leading the way, you know, because he he felt that nobody should go to jail for a plan that should be descheduled, and that would that would free all of his friends that were still in prison. Um, but I'm going to tag you in a Google Doc on it, and we it kind of the, the the project kind of faded away here and there a little bit, but it it's in, I think you'd be interested to see some of the stuff that we came up with on it. Um, and also, yeah. I'm wondering if you could tell us, and I just want to also let you know we have a prisoner who's calling in who's serving his life sentence from cannabis and. Hopefully, if he's not on lockdown, because we haven't heard from him, uh, Mindy hasn't heard from him in over five days, he'll be calling in. And if he does, it'll be between 925 and 930. So if we're talking at that time and he calls in, we'll just, like, be interrupted and our interview will just no suddenly problem. end without that's goodbyes. No but <laughs> until then, I, I want to find out. Okay, so um, you have a hotline of, of a way that if patients get in trouble that they can call to get seek some help. Yeah, uh, if you are a home grower or a patient at home and you are within the limits um, that the state has prescribed or even, you know, a little bit over, but and you're not involved in sales, uh, then, and, you know, any kind of violent, uh, uh, hard criminal activity, uh, then give us a call because we have an, a wide network of activists, um even businesses and uh, a lot of very um, compassionate people that want to help. And we've, a lot of us have been through this. I've been, I was raided in 2010 
Um, the co-editor uh, of uh, 420 Leaks, John Worthington, was raided in, in 2007 by uh, both by uh, drug task force teams. So we've been through it personally. Uh, we've been through the court systems. Uh, we, I, you know, I cannot, of course, guarantee you uh, any outcome, but I can guarantee you that you don't have to go through it alone. And uh, if you want to call us if, in that kind of instance, uh, 206-915-3450, uh, 206-915-3450. And you can call anytime, day or night. Uh, I have uh, voicemail, if, so uh, if I'm not available on the phone, you uh, put a given message, and I'll, I will get back to you. Uh, I am I practice um, journalism uh, and hold um, you know confidential information to uh, the very highest standards. So if if you just want to talk and you don't want you know publicity or anything like that, I'm more than happy to and understand about keeping your name um, um, private. So um, please, you don't have to go through this alone uh, and uh, feel free to call. You know, if you are in uh, business and you've been uh, raided, uh, I have some attorneys that you can talk to, uh, but uh, we're, we focus mostly on the uh, patients and, and home growth as far as our activism goes. John, that is so cool. And if you if, that you that you have the the energy and the time and the ded- dedication to say, hey, I want to help. So if you ever have anybody that you need to help and you want, you know, to plan rallies and things like that, and you want me to help you help them, I'm I'm down to help too. Like that's so cool that you set up set up the resources and that you're willing to put them out there for other people to get to use the help as well. Um, I'm on your website right now. And it's it's 420 leaks, and you've got all kinds of categories, and it's really cool because I see one that says cannabis in history, cannabis patients, cops and cannabis, driving under the influence, like yep. all kinds of good stuff here. So, um, and, I, and then I you have, could, I've probably only got maybe a third of our research and and uh, data uh, up so far. I mean, we uh, use the public records extensively. Uh, we have given the agent, state agencies fits, and what we're what we'd like to do at some point in the near future is to take 420 leaks on the road and show people exactly what we do, uh, so you can do it as well. And uh, over a short period of time, we've been able to gather a massive amounts of data on what the government and how uh, is doing and how it's handling cannabis, and uh, it's. It's a part of government um, keeping them open and honest that cannabis activists really haven't taken advantage of. And uh, when, when I saw the information that we were that uh, these re- uh, fellow researchers were getting, I realized that this information needed to go up in a uh, an easy format for people to be able to see. Uh, and over time, we will improve the uh, process and the website. But uh, for now, what we're doing is just everything that we get, for the most part, uh, that we get is going up onto our database. And uh, it's resulted in some significant stories coming out. Uh, we've kind of driven the, the mainstream press, in a way, on a lot of issues, even though we don't get credit for it. 
but the fact that so much information is coming out, uh, it, it, it makes me realize that uh, everybody in every single jurisdiction out there from your local city to your county to your state and even to the federal level, we need to be asking our government for this information. And uh, you, you, you would be surprised how fast things begin to change. Uh, it's to the point now where it seems like uh, there might be a backlash uh, because uh, some, the, you know, some of the information that's coming out is really embarrassing a lot of people. Um, in fact, wow. um, several people at the Liquor Control Board have, have retired over the years <laughs> because of some of the information. So, uh, good job. You know, that means you're doing. That means you're doing a good, a good job. I'm impressed. Well, and then uh, Arthur West is is uh, so far the uh, the champion on 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 this issue and and cannabis out here. He was able to uh, get. He got a settlement from the Liquor Control Board for uh, uh, 190 thousand uh, dollars for uh, for the liquor control board holding secret meetings with the law enforcement community. And, uh, at the time, the, uh, the cannabis community had kind of, um, soured on them, on, uh, on our activism, um, uh, because of, you know, various ego issues that had happened. But, um, so he took the settlement because he just wasn't getting any financial help from the community. So, uh, otherwise he would have continued on, but, uh, he still, he was able to purchase a home out in Olympia with a, uh, uh, uh you know, a, you can see the capital, uh, you can see, uh, uh, board of Olympia, uh, and, uh, it's a nice little, uh, crown jewel in, in, in the, uh, wow. in that. So, uh, while he he took that settlement offer, and then uh, our co-editor John Worthington is now in court, uh, going all, going after them for withholding public records. Uh, one of the things that they have to do uh, down there is have a uh, complete file of their rulemaking procedures, and they have failed to do that. They've deleted files from it. They withheld stuff, and and we've caught them. And he's in court. Uh, he'll be, uh, in fact, the <laughs> Court of Appeals has just received a, a review of his uh, of his case, and that'll be, I think, around August 10th or so. We'll have information on that. Uh, we've also yeah, I can got help some support for that. I can help John with some support for that. Maybe we get all yep. the people in there to support to support against him. He's also going against the uh, Westnet Drug Task Force team, the one that raided him, and that's on July 20th of this month down in, uh, I believe, Tacoma area. We got information up on that on 420 Leaks now, and that one is a really interesting case. At some point, uh, I'll hook you guys up so you can get him on to tell that story because it's basically showing that the Westnet Drug Task Force team is uh, an illegal entity that's been look like uh, money laundering all their uh, all the money that they received not only from the federal government but from all the drug raids and I, stuff I bet and, um, I bet oh I bet I thought I, I I bet they were um John I just want to ask my um other co-host here Mindy do you have any questions for John I I've just been absorbing everything cuz as an Oregonian um and a patient 
I we're we're facing some similar issues. Our um, I, I have I lost my grower over oh about a year ago and haven't had access to reasonable medicine for a long time and and I um, I'm worried for our state as well. The overregulation. Well, that the longer that we leave cannabis in Schedule One. Uh, the easier it is for them to skirt around our laws and bring them back to a more uh, law enforcement uh, police state around it. So that's why getting it out of Schedule 1. And here's the thing that most people don't know. The Controlled Substances Act is not only within uh, federal law, it's within each of the states too. So we got to get it out at the state level and at the federal level. And uh, the treaty behind it actually allows for that process to happen and so we need to take advantage of it get it out of there and uh and end this madness um we're also pushed for uh, 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 what's called um, retroactive ameliorative relief and that would be uh legislation that would uh, get the cannabis prisoners out of prison and get those uh those criminal records expunged and uh, that's it's getting a little bit of pushback at the legislative uh, end because uh, unfortunately cannabis and and harder crime uh, sometimes go hand in hand Uh, but um, so pushing for maybe cannabis only criminals may be uh, an an easier step but that is also one of the the big legislative points that we're pushing in olympia john mike i'm curious so here in oregon we we passed um our measure 91 and they told us that it wouldn't change any of our medical and and uh, you know everybody was all excited and we're legal and now we're you know adults can use and whatnot but at, right underneath, right, as soon as that passed, within like days, um, house bills started coming out, and the the government or the legislatures were creating rules and regulations that nobody ever voted on, and a lot of that is what's changing our um, our culture down here in Oregon. How do we stop them from being able to regulate underneath our nose? Uh, that's a great question, and that's really what 420 Leaks is all about, is getting all the public records from all these different agencies that lobby our legislators. Uh, because not you're not only talking about corporate lobbyists from, you know, for-profit businesses, but we're uh, talking about nonprofit corporations that represent law enforcement community that represent cities and counties that represent the um uh the substance abuse community uh these kinds of groups along with uh, groups from the pharmaceutical companies and the other uh you know uh, so-called enemies of of cannabis movement uh, they all have their lobby groups and they spend a ton of money to get uh, these bills in front of our legislators at the state level. So unless we have the money to counter that, then the only other option is the, like I said at the beginning of the show, is play the emotion game. Uh, And one of the things that you can do to start a political action committee uh, in your state at the state level 
and not so much that you because you want to get money and go out and do great things if if you're able to do that that makes it easier but just the fact of uh, you getting a political action committee uh filing stuff and uh putting people's names down as contributors it shows the process it's the the establishment that you mean business and uh that we've started getting uh, some results we were able to get a home growing sharing bill uh in and uh it had a public hearing but uh the uh the head of the committee was able to kill it off after that but we were we hadn't we didn't have any voice up until that point so just taking the steps and getting people to sign up and and giving the minimum amount so they can put their you know it's kind of I'm not up for a registry, but I am for a political action committee. If, you, if you're a registered voter, get on, you know, find somebody who can do who can do the the paperwork, and then start doing that because you're going to have a a better political voice down in in your state capital if you do, and uh, and also find out what your your uh, state uh, grassroots lobbyist. Um, uh, regulations are they're usually very easy uh, it's just uh, once uh, a person is over a certain amount of visits then uh, you're technically supposed to, to register and it's a super easy process doesn't cost any money especially uh, I know in Washington State it doesn't um, and uh, then you have the ability then to represent more voices than just your own and, and make multiple visits and uh, and they have to start taking you seriously, and uh, you know it seems going against the grain for the cannabis community by participating in the process. Well, we've always kind of been hidden, and you know, Guys, in the past. Um, I'm gonna now, um, I'm gonna have we got Craig Cecil calling in, um, right. so I'm gonna answer that, and I want to thank you. Um, Mindy's gonna talk to you while I say goodbye, while I answer to Craig, and I'll talk to you guys with Craig Cecil in a second. Sounds great. John, thank I, you for having me on. John, thank you for ha- coming on, and I uh, I'm going to reach out to you um, on the back end to find more out more about the the political action committee. Um, I know that there's a lot of groups down here working really hard, and 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 um, there's a marijuana cannabis uh, coalition and things like that with some attorneys like um, like Lee Berger. But, All right, guys, um, we've got. Of the line who is serving his 13th year of his life sentence in prison for cannabis. Craig, we were just talking to John Novak, who has been using public rest records to help end reefer madness, um, and he mentioned descheduling, and here you are sitting here serving a life sentence, and I'm, I'm sure you agree, um, and the topic of the show is public records, and we are wondering how you are, and we miss you, and um, how's prison this week? Um, well, public records are a problem for prisoners, as you know, (laughs) 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 now that you mention that, because in so many cases, including my own, um, the records are generally held by law enforcement and people have an awful tough time getting them. Right. In my my case, my crime was, uh, uh, supposedly a phone call between me and a truck driver telling him to uh, uh, traffic marijuana. And 
The thing is, is he was in custody of police, and the phone call was recorded. But they later decided, after they charged me, based on what they said was in this conversation, they destroyed the the uh, tape, saying that it was accidentally destroyed by by them. And uh, now I've I've been complaining since the day of my arrest, as that tape will clear me. But you know, unfortunately, I'm like so many other cases where. Uh, the law enforcement officials just destroy evidence that clears people. I mean, it, it's actually common practice. Wow. We're going to have to ask John about how how to, um, how to, how to leave that situation. And so here you are now, 13 years later, being chaplain every day, sitting in prison because of a public custody without your children and your whole family. And you just happen to just be sitting in the prison. It could take you to Are you still there, Craig? Yes, I am. I, I your voice kind of faded away. <laughs> oh, I was just I was just mentioning that you're you're sitting in prison and um, those tapes freed you. And you're going without all these things, um, and you're suffering in prison because of some tapes that they raped or they dealt with. Yes, and and that that is just so common that you know. Why, when there's an actual recording of the actual crime, why wouldn't that remain available to everybody in the case? Right, right. And, you know, in my case, as in others, you know, they just come up missing, they come up destroyed, they come up, you know, however. And, I mean, you know, why do they, you know, why does this happen so often? As as we're now seeing the big... uh, um, revolution on TV of people recording police assaults and all that with their own telephones and all that. But in many of these situations, the police cars had recording devices. Some of the officers have, you know, cameras right on their their body cameras right on them and all that. But it's so often that those recordings come up missing or destroyed or, you know, the camera broke or some sort of reason. And so that, that has been been a problem with so many records, you know, that, that just get destroyed by law enforcement, and it's just something that um, the courts have long allowed in this country, you know, with very little recourse. Wow. We're going to have to ask John. I can hardly hear you. How have you Kristen, your your phone is breaking up terribly. Craig, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes, hey, I Craig. Can. Um, I just I'm curious about how things are going inside with this all the from a federal things prison. that we're <coughs> excuse me, all the things we're seeing on TV and the and the um, racial upsets and all these. How is that affecting life inside? Um. Not well. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, as you know, there's a, a story breaking on TV right now. A bunch of officers were shot in the last couple of hours down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And there's oh, no, an I overwhelming... I'm completely, I'm completely in the dark. I didn't see that yet, Eugene. I mean, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. sorry. Yes, uh, seven officers shot, and I believe three are dead at this point. And unfortunately, there's a chorus in the uh, cell blocks here of uh, certain people, you know, encouraging that and 
calling for that. And, you know, and I mean, there's, there's a little bit of skirmish back and forth. At least it's just verbal at this point in the prison. But, you know, of course I worry about, you know, some sort of racial uprising in the prison here, you know, as there is beginning to be in some of our cities. Yeah, and, uh, so I, I hope that doesn't. That I hope that doesn't. Yes. So I'm hoping that doesn't con- continue. It. The good part about that is, is it, it really doesn't. Um, at least here, it doesn't involve the majority of, you know, inmates of any race. So that that's the good thing. <laughs> so hopefully um, things have been calm. Hopefully they'll stay that way. So Craig, I saw on. TV here that the Crips and the Bloods made up. Is that the case behind prison bars? Is that, I'm sorry, what did you say? That what? I said I saw on TV out here that the Crips and the Bloods made up. Is Did they did they make up behind bars too? Um, not that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, the gangs tend to be diverse in the prison because, you know, there's people from a a bunch of different cities, you know. So, for instance, those two gangs are not in Chicago, so they wouldn't be represented with the, you know, uh, the Chicago population here, you know. And I mean, so the the prison's kind of, you know, the the gang stuff, you know, is generally limited, but, you know, sometimes it's important when uh, they get uprisings between them. I... I'm, you know, not affiliated with any group of any sort, so, and I think that helps with my safety. <laughs> so, so be careful. I was going to ask you what other, thing, what other things do you do to keep yourself protected? I mean, especially when tensions are increasing, do you change your, any, is there anything about your world that changes or your routine? Um, no, not so much. Um. Because, like I say, everybody knows another person's affiliation, so to say. And my affiliation is as an independent, as somebody that does not have an affiliation. So people know that. And uh, if you know there's trouble, you just stay away from it. And I'm in my 15th year in prison now. So, and, uh, and I started out my prison bit, uh, my, my stretch in prison in the penitentiaries where they tend to be very violent because the majority of the people there have life sentences or worse. And, you know, and you, if you're smart and you stay out of, you know, what, what is certainly going to be trouble because there's trouble with people that involve themselves with drugs, with involve themselves in gambling and alcohol and all the other, I guess, forms of vice within the prison that, that leads to trouble, that leads to injuries and fights and assaults and all that. And, uh, so for my part, I, I avoided all of that, and I've avoided, you know, I don't have any scars from prison, so that's good. That's I got good. a that's weird question for you, Craig. Okay. Um, do you ever the get what? any prison tattoos? Any I was wondering puppies? if you've ever had a prison tattoo. Tattoo! Oh, nope, I don't have any tattoos at all. <laughs> a lot of people do. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, was but, just, uh, I was just curious. <laughs> nope, I've made it 57 years without a tattoo, and I think I'm going to stay that way. <laughs> 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 so, 
Well, was there anything okay. else that you we were, had we on talking um, no, uh, uh, prison's been pretty quiet, uh, there really is nothing new happening, um, in the courts that is particularly of interest to prisoners, as you know, the Congress is closed down now, the Supreme Court is closed down, so, this is kind of the quiet time of the year as far as, uh, legal things, uh, we are hoping that Obama will commute more people, possibly by the end of this month, but, you know, that, that's just a waiting game. Um, so, Craig, I'm wondering um, two things. While right now it's um, so-called legal in Washington, um, it's all kinds of controversy going on over medical and recreation. Basically, the medical people don't have access to their medicine anymore, and the recreation people are just making gobs and gobs of money off of it, and the government's taxing it for it, and the prices are going up, and it's crazy. And then you're sitting in prison for life because of federal laws. And we talked about descheduling and... We're also talking about um, the whole world as a nation and or the whole country as a nation and cannabis. I'm wondering, what is your opinion on that while you're sitting there serving a life sentence? Well, as, as you can understand, you know, I, I do accept it as, as uh, hypocritical. I watch the TV where they show large grow operations in Washington and Colorado and, and the places even where medical marijuana is distributed in uh you know, and I think, you know, my crime didn't involve anything, you know, anywhere near those quantities or, or near that, just, you know, size of distribution. But uh, those situations, I'm hoping, shows the United States how silly life sentences like mine are. I think, I think it just uh, goes further to show that, you know, how can somebody uh, face and actually get a life sentence for marijuana when a violent offender under federal law, as long as he doesn't kill his victim, a violent offender, for instance, one that assaults with a deadly weapon resulting in serious physical injury, only faces up to 20 years in prison. So I think in tandem with, you know, with that uh, discrepancy, uh, why a violent crime only exposes a person up to 20 years in prison, and yet a marijuana crime which is actually not even a crime in a lot, you know, under many of the state's laws, uh, how that ends up putting a... This call is from a federal prison. In federal prison for life without the possibility of parole. It just, I think it just helps to, you know, maybe highlight why my cases uh, and people, you know, situated the same as I am, why our cases are so ridiculous and why Americans should actually look at them and say, hey, life for marijuana is cruel and unusual. It's exactly what the, um, what the Eighth Amendment of our Constitution prohibits. You know, this is what the framers of our Constitution didn't want our country to do. And here I am as proof that they are definitely doing it. Um, so, Craig, I watched the show, the hour-long show last night. It was called Reefer Madness, and I, I never actually watched it before. But it's a, it's a TV it's a TV show that it looks like the federal government might have concocted back in the 30s in order to get people to believe that the plant was bad. It's kind of crazy how the federal government went through all these efforts back in the 30s, and the efforts they're putting forth still now today, um, I think, kind of kind of come from that that era and those, those those lies that they were telling back then. Have you ever seen that movie? No, no, I've. I've 
I'm definitely aware of it. I've definitely heard of it, but I've actually never seen it. I've heard that it's actually kind of funny to watch. It's actually humorous. It was, because they were, like, showing all these people acting like they were drunk. I mean, they were clearly acting. It wasn't real. Like, you know, all these things that people did when they smoked cannabis back then, and it just really was, was really stupid that um, people would believe it. But if you feel like it, it just proves how they control the media, even from back in the 30s, in order to get people to change their minds about certain things. So as they still control the media, that's why we have our media here, but as they're still controlling the media, it's, it's crazy how how it hasn't changed much. They've, they've, they've stuck to their, their basic practices of lying. Right, and if they have to make propaganda so people believe their narrative that marijuana is bad, I mean, they, they should know right off the right off the top that, you know, their narrative isn't true. <laughs> I mean, they, they have to concoct it out of actors rather than out of actual fact. But as you heard, there's the beep again. I, I think you know what that means. <laughs> yes, that means that the federal government will not let you talk to us any longer. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I know exactly what that means, Craig. Yes, but for the time we've been together, I thank you for shining a light on, on me and, and others like me that are stuck in here on sentences that simply don't fit the crime and sentences that, you know, any rational person would believe are cruel and unusual. And so I thank you for shining that light, and uh, I think hopefully that's going to bring help to me and the, the others uh, like me sentenced to these crazy sentences. Sweet, sweet. Well, we love you, Craig, and we think every 15 years that you're in there and honor you for them, and we know that your sacrifices is what's going to lead to change. So you are our hero, and we we love you so much, and thank you for all your time that you've given for us to be able to have what we have today. Oh, there he is. He's gone. Okay, so for our listeners, the federal government allows our federal inmates to speak on the phone for about 300 minutes a month. Um, and each call is limited to five, 15 minutes per call. So uh, our hero, Craig Cecil, has dropped off, um, and I keep saying 13 out of the life sentence, but he's really been in there for 15 years. And if we do not get him out, if the president does not grant him clemency soon, he could die in prison if he has to finish off that life sentence. And mind you, he wasn't even caught with any cannabis on him at all. But you guys, Mindy has just told me on the back end that we have our next guest on the line right now. His name is George Monterano. George Monterano served 33 years of a life sentence in prison and is free today and is the best friend of our, of our, of our older co-host who's no longer with us, Eugene Fisher, and as they were in prison together. And is called in for Georgie's Corner, a regular segment he does on our show every single week. And uh, so here's George Monterano to tell you what's going on in his world this week. Good morning, George. How are you? Hey, good morning, sweetheart. Christian, how are you? I'm good. It's me and Mindy here this morning, and we were just thinking about you being oh, this morning. Mindy, and Mindy's, co-ho- Mindy's co-hosting with you? Yes, she is. Yep, I'm here. Oh, okay, okay. All right, that's good. You know, it's still, uh, you know, it's still a... You know, there's, there's something's missing in my heart. You know, that Gene's not there. It's still bothering me. I, I know it's bothering 
uh, you, you two, and uh, the rest I of our listeners. I thought about him all day at work yesterday and constantly since he's been gone. I miss him. Yeah. I miss him. Yeah. I mean, we were There's in contact daily. Had yeah, we were in contact I, daily, you know. And uh, yeah. not, not so much as, uh, you know, we always talk about change with the cannabis industry, but as friends, you know, we would just call each other and uh, I would make him uh, laugh and uh, stuff like that. And uh, like, uh, uh, I like that. You know, it was sorrow. It must, it must, humor must follow sorrow. You just don't. He just don't get by, and I had him laugh. Last, basically, the last time I talked, I had him laughing hysterical because <laughs> I told him that uh, I met this uh, country girl, and she had this big mansion, and uh, and she wanted to do this, and she wanted to do that, and he says, "Well, what happened?" And I says, "Well, I stopped seeing her because uh, crickets make me nervous." So, <laughs> so she says, "What?" <laughs> I said, yeah, I got out of the country with the mansion and the country girl because crickets made me nervous. And he was laughing, laughing. And he <laughs> said, George, well, wait, 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 why did crickets make you nervous? I said, well, <clears throat> back in the mid-'80s, I was at Springfield, uh, Illinois, and actually they put me in a criminally insane unit because I was my designated prison was Marion and was, was the worst prison basically in America, probably the world at the time. And we were all considered beasts, but I wasn't. So they sent me to Springfield for this uh, mental study because, uh, lo and behold, the psychology department, Springfield, I mean, at Marion, felt that I was a nonviolent first offender buried in the worst prison in America. So they sent me there, and they said, if your study comes back at this kind of time is detrimental to you, your person, we will get you out of there. But... They didn't. When I hit Springfield, they put me in the worst spot because I wasn't married. Anyway, I'm there, and uh, they kept moving me around in the hole there. And they put me in this one hole. They had this kind of vent at the bottom of the of the wall near the window. And in the middle of the night, I start hearing crickets. I mean, I start hearing crickets. And there was some kind of violent uh, storm out you know, rainstorm with thunder, and all these crickets came in the cell. It actually looked like a carpet of crickets. And I had to go through that. Actually, I was just scooping crickets up and flushing them. And That's crazy. Oh, when it was weird. Yeah, when it, when it came came morning, they were gone. I mean, the, I mean, basically, they were all gone. So I said, man, what the hell was that? I felt like I was in a twilight zone. So what happened? The next night, the same thing. So I'm in there all the night trying to get rid of these crickets, and there was an Indian that Gene knows. He was he was called Red Bear. This guy was, he was nuts. He was criminally insane. And he was telling me, Georgie, don't kill the crickets. They mean money. I said, well, well I says, I'm a multi-millionaire with all these freaking crickets in here. But anyway, I had jeans laughing, and because <laughs> when I was with this uh, woman, and she was trying to procure me in her her mansion uh, months back, and I got out of there because I told Jean, crickets make me nervous. <laughs> so then I went on to explain to him about why. Listen, he laughed. He, he laughed so much that he dropped his cell phone. I wanted to share that humor because, like I said, with a, 
you need humor to get through sorrow. And I, I know you, you girls really, uh, you California girls really, really, uh, the West Coast, I mean, really, really uh, like Gene. So I wanted to make you laugh today because he laughed Thank immensely you. with that story. And, uh, yeah, I so enjoy, uh, uh, this doing my George's Corner, and naturally we have to keep going in memory of of Gene. Okay, girl. You know what, George? This morning, um, as I was sitting there looking at the screen, getting ready for the show, and I was thinking about Eugene. And the next thing I know, my phone's chiming, and there's Carla sending me a message. Uh, Carla's Eugene's daughter you know, reminding uh-huh. me, um, to have a good show and, and to make her daddy proud and, um, right, the, right. the support, the support that we've all gotten has been amazing. And, um, and thank you for making yeah. us laugh this morning about it. But yeah, it's, it's, I feel I mean, personally oh. that, that Eugene has had a hand in a lot of things that have been happening in my life since, um, well, ever since yeah. I met him, but Still, to this day, even though he's not present on this earth, he's still with me very much. And Well, laughter is, laughter is, a, is a healing of uh, body, uh, soul, and mind. So we much, much laugh. I remember, you know, me and Gene taught in classrooms next to each other for years. And as teachers, you know, you have to be there early, whether you're doing, uh, you know, getting your paperwork ready for the class or writing for something on the board. And I was always uh, going to his class, and I would, Make him laugh, and 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 what was nice about that making him laugh when his students would start entering the class, he would have a big smile. So, you know, humor was part of our prison gray life, and I wanted to have the show humorous today in light of uh, in memory of Gene. So you well, girls, you laugh. I mean, he he liked to you laugh, guys, so you guys laugh. You guys All right, I'm I I'm just excited that finally Eugene gets to meet my dad and. On the other side, I, I'm just excited they yeah. get to know each other. But um, I, I want to ask, I just want to say one more thing to you, George. Um, so, are you going to be at the Seattle Hemp Fest this year? Because I'm well, going to be volunteering. I'm still waiting for approval. I did everything right. Uh, and uh, I have to actually phys- have a physical meeting uh, Wednesday with the probation. And I want to I wanted answer one way or the other because if it's a negative answer, then I can turn it over to my lawyer to bring it actually to the prosecutor or judge. They would have the last say. So what what I'm going to do is next week on the show I should have I should have uh the answer to that. Uh, I wanna get okay. out there, I wanna express my express myself in front of the masses. But next week on the show, uh, that's a good question. I'm happy you okay. asked it. I will I'll let you guys know next week. But okay, uh because I've like got... I said, my you, next guest you, yeah, if you girls live in the country, remember, I ain't coming because crickets make me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> There's no crickets out here. Um, we live in the Seattle area, and Mindy, she's, she's okay. going to be in Washington, too. So I'm going to be at the okay. fest, and Mindy will most likely right. be there as well, so I'm, I'm hoping to meet you there. And then we've, I'm going to be working with a man by the name of Jeff Eichen, and he's got a, he's got to have a booth called Lifers, and I've been working with him very closely um, he's showing a documentary called Lifer, so I, I hope to be able to hook you well, up with him. Well, once I'm there, yeah, you talk. schedule me, and I'll speak. I'll speak to whoever I got to in front of the booth. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, he's, um, he's going to be, be our, next guest, our next guest. Our next guest as well. So, 
We love you, George. Is there anything that you want All to right, say before we take a call? I love you, girls, too. I'll see you. i get you next week. Now, uh, Mindy. Yes, Mindy, sir. You're going to have to do take the part of Gene. You know, Gene uh, knows that uh, you know, sometimes I, I get caught up in things, so please call me prior to the show to prep me. All right. I'll stalk you every Sunday morning. All right. Well, try <laughs> to get me Saturday. Try to get me Saturday, sweetheart. You or Christian, either one, try to get me Saturday. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Have a good Sunday. All right. That was another one of our heroes. I swear, Mindy, why we we've got so many heroes that call into the show. I am just like excited every time I talk to one. It inspires me. Yes, me um, too. <laughs> well, we have a hero that can't call into the show. Her name is Stephanie Landa, and she has a website called Freedom Grow and a nonprofit organization. And Stephanie can't call into the show because she's actually visiting her son who is in, is in, in jail for cannabis right now. Um, and she raises commissary money. Um, and this weekend she went to the Chalice, which is in Southern California. It's a high times event. And Mindy, do you know how much she raised? Um, I thought I do, but I'm afraid to say it in case I'm wrong. Do you? Well, I don't. At one point, it was twenty seven hundred. Yeah, I thought it was somewhere near three grand. Um, okay. And I think isn't the chalice a different thing than the high times? Isn't the high times cup coming up? And that the chalice was last weekend. Okay, it might or be different. I, I thought they put it on. I thought they put it on, but maybe it's it's part of the high times cup. I thought it's a high times event. And you're, right? you're probably right, but I know that she's got another event coming up here next weekend or in a couple weekends. So if you're in California, anywhere near Stephanie Landa's world, definitely check out her Facebook, find out where she's going. Hopefully by next week, we'll be able to tell you for sure. Um, Because um, she does an amazing job of getting that money earned. And then she and I work together on getting the list together of which prisoners, you know, need it next or who, you know, who's, um, who's, you know, got, you know, sometimes a prisoner has issues and things that come up and they can't pay for things. Like um, one of them recently has a a parent that passed away. And so now there's some problems with taking care of children and things like that. So it can be everything from them needing a toothbrush or some extra commissary food to trying to help their family out on the outside. And Stephanie's there for these people. Yeah, she is. In fact, Mindy um, called me the other day, and actually yesterday, and she was like, Kristen, I just helped her with the list, and I got um, I got Lance Glore on there and Richard DeLisi and um, this prisoner and that prisoner. So it's, like, really cool because, in fact, you can donate. You don't just have to go to the High Times, the High Times event. You can go straight to Stephanie's web, uh, website at freedomgrow.org, and you can make a nonprofit donation and that could even be a tax write-off. And especially if you're a business or something like that, you really should give back to our prisoners because, you know, they're serving sacrifices that if it wasn't for them, it would be us. It would be somebody else. So I think every business you, should should donate $420. That's, that's not too tough for a business, I don't think. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, and if you're not a business you know. and, and you can come up with $4.20, um, but, you know, whatever it takes, it's, it really does make a huge difference to them. 
And the reason why it makes a whole huge difference is because prisoners, plant prisoners, all prisoners actually, they only get paid less than 20 cents an hour, most, most of the time about 12 cents an hour to work, and they have to buy their products, their, their hygi- personal hygienics, they have to buy their food, they have to buy their shoes, their clothing with 12 cents an hour. So and you can help out a plant prisoner so much because they'd have to work hundreds an hour, hundreds of hours just to get a little bit, like, I don't know how, like 40, 40 bucks. They'd have to work like three months to get 40 bucks. So Yeah, $4.20 to one prisoner is almost a whole month's income. Definitely, definitely. But, but so Stephanie do doesn't have a, just sit there with $4.20. She, um, I haven't, every time that she sends money so far that I've been helping her, um, it's always been $100 each time. And $100 is to a prisoner she, is, you know, like 1000 to me. And she only helps prisoners with cannabis charges. And she she doesn't just help lifers. She helps people, all people who've been in there for a couple months with long sentences, short sentences. If you are a plant prisoner, she will help you. And if you want to help her help the plant prisoners, go to freedomgrow.org. Um, Mindy, is there any other news about any of our prisoners that you want to mention? Before um, we bring I in our next guest? Bring, yeah, I wanted to bring up um, the Can Do Foundation is doing a guardian mm-hmm. angel project, and they're really working hard at getting these clemency re- applicants in front of the president before he leaves office. Um, and so one of the people that is on the list is is Michael Knight. And he has a change.org petition out there. And it's got a little bit of a slow start so far. And he just messaged me last night and said, oh, there's only 100 supporters. And he seemed a little disappointed. Well, I kind of like within a week to make the 1,000 supporters and lift this guy's spirits up. So if you're out there listening, go to change.org and Google Michael Knight and sign that petition. Um, and go one step beyond that. Google can do it. Yes, it's on my Facebook page. If you Google can do, I believe all of the petitions that can do is supporting. Um, and so I, I, every, so every person that can do is helping. It's over 50, it's like 50 different prisoners right now. Each one has an angel and each one is getting a change.org petition. And that can get confusing and might, you might get a little lost when you're looking through Facebook and seeing all these petitions, but they're vital. We really need these petitions to be circulated. So when you're signing them, share them. Send them out to your email friends. Um, take a personal interest in spending 10 or 15 minutes pushing this, these petitions around, searching change.org for the other petitions that are out there, and um, you know, if you're not somebody who can be a full-time angel, you certainly can be, you know, a media person and, and get this, their stories out there. And that doesn't take much time at all. So I'm really encouraging people to – the, the prisoners hear what's going on with their, their change.orgs. And, you know, every, a little disappointment is much bigger when you're inside, and, and, and a big success is, is also much bigger when you're inside. So if we can – can boost these guys' spirits with some supporters on change.org. That's 
that's worth it to me. So Weldon Angelos was released. I'm seeing that on your Facebook wall. So I'm on your Facebook wall right now looking for that that link. But um, I want to share it and sign it. I haven't signed it yet. But we've got our next guest on the line, Mindy. Is there anything else we should talk about before we bring Jeff Eichen on? No, I think that's it for now. I'm ready to hear from Jeff. Okay. For our listeners, Jeff Eichen is doing a documentary called Lifers, and he's going to be presenting it at the Seattle Hemp Fest this year. In fact, he's invited me and all the voices of the Cannabis War to his booth to help get letters signed. So if you are in a place where you can want to help donate um, some letters, um, in the past, Lance's mom, um, Lance is one of our federal prisoners, has always gotten the letters printed for us. But if you want to help out and get some pr- letters printed so we can get them signed at Jeff's booth, um, check that out. And let's talk to Jeff about what's going on with the documentary. Good morning, Jeff Eichen. Hey, good morning, everybody. Hey. Good morning, Jeff. So I was with Baby Gramps last night from Seattle, and he promises us a song. He's playing in Port Townsend, and we hung out by the fire all night long talking about uh, freeing the prisoners and giving thanks for Eugene's life and everybody. And we may have um, a guest uh, um, superstar, Baby Gramps, play for um, for our green carpet. Whoa, that would be cool. That would be really great. We're, we're now also um, asking all – um, musicians to donate songs so we can have them licensed for our movie about prisons and about freedom. Oh, I wanted to. I have a really so good really, song, Jeff. I thought I'd get it to you. I have a really good song. Really, really good one. Great. great. Well, we need license to them all. We're going to do everything straight up, stay neutral. No one's going to get mad at us. Um, and when they do, we're going to um, we're going to put the green cloak on and uh, and just move through this whole thing and help to end prohibition. Jeff, um, I recommend that you reach out on um, Facebook to Carrie Woolsey, W-O-O-L-S-E-Y. And he is a cannabis cannabis prisoner. And um, just before he went into prison, he published, um, I mean, produced a couple songs. And um, actually maybe a whole album. I'm, I'm having a little hard time remembering exactly. And we play a couple of his songs on our show. But that might be a, a great uh, resource to you. Well, yeah, I'm in the process of, of um, you know, of producing the soundtrack because through the soundtrack I want to donate um, the um, the proceeds, a lot of the proceeds, to um, putting a fund together that will be a restitution for these 12 cents an hour gentlemen and women that have been in prison for um, most of their lives. And uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to totally, you know, honor them on the way out. Well, I'm glad to be a part of it, Jeff. Um, yeah. Let's well, talk about the George Montrano. Mhm. Yeah, I want to say um, howdy to George. Um, I know you're you're back there. You're listening in. I didn't get to say hi to you this morning, so um, you're welcome on the green carpet at the Seattle Film Institute on August 20th. Come and hang out at our booth, George. We love you. You have a great story, and um, uh, it's just so important to us for for having you in the war on drugs. And uh, let's uh, end prohibition together, George. That sounds um, good. Yeah, it sounds great. Well, I love you, George, man. Thank you so much for all you do. And my blessings to Eugene. Rest in peace. 
you know, when we lose somebody in the family, we just get stronger. And we'll be missing you, Eugene, so very mucho. And uh, we'll hold you high in the war on drugs. And for, you know, you're one of my heroes. And, uh, you know, you're a great spokesperson. And just happy trails, man. And say hello to Jack for us, Jack Herrera for us. And we're pushing for an end of prohibition, Eugene, and you inspired us all. Um, you're just our hero, man, um, for the day. You're our hero for life. And um, <laughs> now I give, I give the green carpet badge. We're going to make badges, and uh, we'll put your name on it, man, and um, we'll hold you high for, you know, for forever, man. Thank you for all you've done for Kristen and for the movement, um, Eugene. And, um, yeah, I get a little bit of a, a tear in my heart to, to know that you're on the other side. <laughs> You bring you touch yeah. my heart, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, so from the other side, you go get Jack, and you guys um, help us push forward through this. And you know, by the way, um, if I'm correct, um, they they just um, uh, let all the prisoners out in Canada. Trudeau um, did that just a few days ago. And um, so, if, if if Obama gets this word, yeah, I think they let out every single um, cannabis prisoner in in Canada last week. It's the word that I got, and so we can corroborate that and and make sure that that's that's perfect. But um, you know, if the world is changing, we're going to get paper, fiber, fuel, medicine, and food from the most beautiful plant on earth. That's what Jeff Mazansky says. And he's going to be at um, uh, with Chris Conrad and Mickey Norris from the book Shattered Lives, and Kristen Floor and Don Worshafter. Um, he's a 40-year activist, and all the freedom musicians and Seattle film at the Seattle Film Institute. Um, you know, um, if Canada can do it, America can do it. Let's do it while we have Obama still in office. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. I'm anxious. Mindy, is there anything you want to say to Jeff? Oh, you know, I'm I'm busy Google searching this prisoners release in Canada thing right now, so I'm I'm over here doing. So, yeah, it's pretty uh, I have I'm not finding anything that talks about this, but but that doesn't mean that it's not true. I just I'm I'm not finding anything in in quick search. Well, I was but, I was at the Oregon Country Fair, and like I said, you know, if I'm wrong, then um, that it didn't happen then it's going to happen because Trudeau is pro-hemp. And, um, and so Trudeau is the, is the Obama of Canada. And so we just have to be on the same page, everybody, and hold our, our position that this is not going to happen, that it's happening because, um, you know, people like, you know, like Eugene, people like um, Craig Cecil and, and all the other prisoners that are, that are in and and our little Lance Glore that just went up for ten years. I mean, this has got to stop because you know nobody beat their wife up on pot, but alcohol's legal, right? You know, yeah. what's wrong mm-hmm. with this picture? You know, alcohol is uh, it never worked prohibition on alcohol, and so Lifers is going to tell in all of our episodes and educate the planet. We're going to get on Netflix and and we're going to be in schools with our with our project. We're going to make it so accessible, the movie, that um, uh, that it'll speak to everybody in every age. And they'll get it. They'll figure it out, and they'll say, what were we doing for all these years having it illegal? Um, so, Jeff, I just sent you a, a link to this song. I want you to w- listen to it because 
Um, the guy who wrote this song told me I can use it for anything I want, so we could probably get him to let us use the song, but it's really cool. In fact, I want to play it on the show, but I haven't had a chance to upload it to the to our uh, songs song department part of the studio. So um, I just emailed that to or Facebook that to you, and then is there anything else you want to say before we say goodbye? Um, well, you know, I just am so, um, my heart gets opened more and more as I walk, um, my walk, I was at the Oregon country fair. I must've handed out 500 lifer, um, invitations to join and, and to, and to let them know that we're speaking about this. Most, most all hamsters, most all people that are 420 friendly and they're over 50, they're over 40, they're over 30. They don't know there's lifers in prison, and everybody's working towards recreation, recreation this, recreation that, and they're still infighting about, um, you know, this law and that law, and we lost medical in Washington State and all this stuff. Well, I need to get our film out and produce, so we're raising the money through our site, and um, we just raised $1,000 this week for our venue at the Seattle Film Institute. We're going to have food and beverages and people there. So do come down, everybody, to Seattle Hemp Fest and come to our green carpet. Tickets are on sale at our at our um, website, the pre-early ticket sale price that you save a few bucks. And um, we just really need our voices to be heard and that a lot of the elders don't even know there's lifers in. So we have to get the word spread more. Right, right. Hey. Cool, cool. Jeff, well, I, I, no, found, I found confirmation of what you said, Jeff. Well, I didn't find it. My mama did. My mom's listening. Hi, Mom. And um, she sent me you, the link. Thank you, Paula. It, it, says, um, the, it says July 9th of 2016, after 30 minutes, 30 minutes into a press conference, Trudeau announced that all, and all the members of the parliament agreed to it. And that is that they are pardoning all Canadian prisoners who've been convicted of minor or major offenses of marijuana. Woohoo! Woohoo! Yay! Go Canada! Obama! Oh my gosh! Hopefully, Obama. hopefully this is really true. You know? <laughs> it yes. ain't gonna... Oh my gosh! So many people are going to have freedom now that didn't have it before. Like, the world that, is changing. That, uh, that's the example. That's the example we need. And and Portugal decriminalized all drugs, and Uruguay has marijuana sovereign free. You know, so we we're moving, and and that's huge. Does that mean we can move to Canada and basically not have to worry about going to prison for a plant? That means we can be here and let Canada cross the border and teach us what to do and how to do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> You know, and I'm so blessed that you have your radio show. And again, I believe today is um, is Eugene Day, and my heart goes out for um, you know for your journey on the other side, Eugene. Go get go get Jack and all the others, and um, make us stronger. Man, I believe it. I believe it. We are much better. We are a strong movement now that we got Eugene on the other side. We got my dad over there. We got Jack over there. We got. Um, Gary Shepard, and we've got a whole a whole team of fighters right right there for us on the other side. So like I I miss him like crazy though. We've been we've been talking about him, but 
He's, he's still well, helping us. How huge is is Canada's word that we just got, and and we're debuting it for those of us that, like I said, most people don't even know there's lifers in, and now we know everybody. Hello, Canada just let all of them out. Let's follow suit. Yep, yep, sounds good. Let's do it. We gotta, you know, we gotta follow somebody's lead, and uh, I think Canada's doing the best right now. Well, I love you all. Send music. Uh, come to our green carpet. Kristen will be there, and uh, and everybody is welcome to join in. And um, if you can't uh, afford a ticket, we'll let you in. Nobody's going to be turned away. Yay! 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 Oh, I can't wait, Jeff. I'm excited about it. Okay, we're coming August twentieth. Everybody, get your get your green shoes on. We're gonna have a green carpet. Get dressed up in green, everybody, and be beautiful. And we'll interview you on the carpet. All right, that means I gotta. I look forward to seeing you there, Jeff. Yay! Say that again. I said I look forward to seeing you there. It's my hope to make it there this year. So. Oh please, yeah, please come up and uh, and join us and um, and uh, have a word on the podium uh, with Jeff Mazansky. We're gonna we're gonna agree, drink some um, uh, a green drink. <laughs> a green drink, awesome! Sounds wonderful. <laughs> All right, Jeff, I, thank you. Okay, I love you, ladies. You're the best, and um, uh, I look forward to my Sundays now. Every every Sunday, and again, um, it's uh, not as fun without Eugene. No. Did you hear last week, um, Jeff? Real quick, if you haven't heard last week's show, because I didn't see you, I don't think you called in last week, but we had a memorial show just for him, and it was really, really touching. So, check that one out. I was at and the we, Oregon Country. We will I was be. at the Oregon. I was at the Oregon Country Fair last year. I mean, last weekend. Okay. We'll okay. be we'll we'll you we'll be playing clips of Eugene. You know, over. We're not. Eugene is going to still be with us. We, I'm going to be making sound bites and playing clips to him, and we don't have any for today, but we'll be able to hear his voice again soon, hopefully next week. Have sound bites on the entry and the exit every show. It'll be great because uh, he's looking after us. Absolutely. That's a good idea. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we'll put him in the movie, too. Give me a sound bites for – for Eugene to be in our movie. We need him because I never interviewed him and I was on the verge, you know, so I love you both. And uh, let's, let's do this. Well, I'm, I'm in the process. I, uh, I was supposed to interview him for a a radio station here in Portland for KBU. And uh, so I'm in the process of building a 30 minute show about him for that. So I'll have plenty of sound bites to share with you for you to sort through. I'm so impressed. Yeah, you know, because um <clears throat> you know, we need the people from the inside to tell that story. That's the exact reason Lifers is being the voice. Well, I'll talk to you on the outside of this show, Jeff, cuz I have um, clips of Craig Cecil and all kinds of people that you might find useful. That'll be great. Our our premiere is August 20th. I'm cutting a little shorty everybody we're going to have um the seattle film institute has a has a viewing room we have another room where we're going to have uh cocktails and um uh interviews with jeff mazansky and photos of the book it's just going to be epic so uh com. everybody join in the fun and um 
you know, again, blessings to Eugene and all the fallen, and let's get our prisoners out. Free the plant, free the prisoners, everybody. Yep, Great. I love it, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Love you both and, and everybody out there. Um, Lifers is is here for you. Yep. Thank well, you. We really we'll appreciate you it. Okay, I appreciate you. Thanks, everybody. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Okay, cheers. Right. You know, Kristen, I, huh? I would, we, we were just talking this morning, and I was telling you, oh, my gosh, I just don't know if I'm going to make it to Seattle for Hemp Fest this year. And when I said that, I had forgotten about all the amazing people that are going because of this documentary. There's no way I can miss it. I have to be. I know. What was I thinking I when I said that? I know you got me there. Just as empty alone, and George, and George, yeah, there's no way I can I can miss it. So yeah, I'm gonna have to. I don't know. Maybe I'll be hitchhiking to Seattle this year, but I'll I'll be there one way or another. (laughs) Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, um, we've got Tom Corby on the line, who is a Northern California chapter coordinator for the Human Solution. International, and he basically handles court support, uh, prison outreach, everything North Northern California could ask for. Um, Tom coordinates, and he's really, really, really good at it too. So let's find out right now from Tom exactly what in the world is going on in Northern California. Good morning, Tom. Oh, uh, top of the day, Christian. Thanks to all the folks on the front line, Mindy, and R.I.P. Jane Fisher, he'll be sorely missed. Uh, Northern California, uh, we had Alex Lyons, PTC, uh, motion to be heard uh, this last Thursday. Uh, I always bring out uh, why this case is unique and all the others for he did waive his rights to waive time and Took Butte County right on to trial, caught Butte with his pants down, <laughs> and Ramsey. Uh, D.H. Jennings, as I brought out before, uh, called emergency meeting. Uh, he he needed more time. He wasn't ready for trial. This is very different than any other case we've had. Uh, D.H. Jennings is also sympathetic with Alex's case. He felt Alex was truth and tried to stay within the laws of the guidelines, and we're going to have actually a meeting with D.A. Jennings. Uh, so things look good uh, for Alex Lyons. Attorney uh, Firmino motioned to quash and traverse the warrant on probable cause, which was denied by Judge Steams, which was expected. Uh, because Alex Lyons, uh, when he when he waived his times, he got an attorney, sorry, no, first attorney, and then when he bought two months' time, he lost his right to waive time. Now he has to pull his time waiver, uh, and Alex is going on for Pitch's motion, uh, which is to question the officer's credibility. Uh, that's on, uh, let's see, September, let's see, I've got uh, September uh, 15th at 8.30 a.m. 
Uh, that's going to be a trial readiness conference, and also pictures motion is going to be brought in. Uh, that's number one, Court Street, Oroville, California, here. And we always request local court support to come bear witness and support our defendants. Uh, also, uh, this is unique in the case. When we talk about it, it seems like the courts are allowed to lie. Uh, the reason that uh, at his PTC it couldn't be brought forth is Officer uh, Patterson and Enos, the arresting officers, were reported to be on vacation. Two days later, Alex is at his favorite taco shop. Guess who's there? Patterson and Enos. Now, Alex goes right up and talks to them. They had no idea what was going on. They had no idea. Alex even spent 40 days in Butte Jail. No, he was not on vacation. So what are the courts doing? So we'll be filing uh, a counter on, 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 on that lie also <laughs> with Alex Lyon. Um, also, uh, yesterday, let's see, actually it was uh, Friday, uh, stayed a couple of days up in Shasta with James Benno and his boys, and also Chip Dunnigan up there for Benno's uh, pitches hearing also, uh, and also turpitude motions, which is basically bringing forth the officer's records and accountability. Uh, so this last uh, motion to be heard, hearing will be continued on uh, August 29th at 10 a.m. at 1655 West Street in Reading. Uh, and court support is always requested. And those are very thankful for the people that come from him and his boys. Uh, they have us over for a barbecue, Dr. Nalamari, last night, Chip Dunnigan, and they're, they pitch in June. They come for others. And we're more apt to come for you if you come for others. And uh, no one should be going to jail for our plant. Uh, join us at the Human Solution International org. I'll be posting uh, these events in the calendar. If you have an event, uh, feel free to post there. We can help muster court support for you. Uh, come help be the solution uh, to end prohibition and free all field uh, I want to thank everybody on the front lines today for joining us, all the all the good speakers. And uh, I'll go ahead, get out of Dodge for now. And as I always say, Donna reminds you, don't forget to breathe. And thank you, Christian, and all the day. Thank you, Cal. Tom. Thank you, Tom. Mindy, I want to share a memory with you. And Tom, you're you're on the line there still, um, but I just want to share a memory. When I first met Tom, Tom was I was on a Human Solutions bus that Stacy Tice, a big green bus that Stacy was Tice was driving, and we were driving it from up to Montana and then down through Washington, down to Oregon, California, and back down to Joe Grumbine's house. Well, on our way back down to Joe Grumbine's house we stopped by Tom Corby's house and that's where he joined the human solution and um, became a chapter and started all that stuff. But I just remember Tom Corby had a court date and it was crazy. We had a big rally and him and his wife were suffering because they were facing prison charges for a plant. And this was like four or five, probably about four years ago or so. 
and Tom Corby has just been at it, just at it, just trying to help ever since. Like he's he's like one of my fellow activists that, that started being an activist about the same time I was, and he just don't give up because he just believes in in just what he exactly what he says that no one should go to jail for a plant. Um, so Tom is is very very special to me personally and to our radio show and to all the other voices out there, especially those in prison that don't have a voice. Um, and Mindy and I, we just want to send a shout out. We've got some, some really cool listeners on here. I want to thank you guys for listening. Um, I see Tony and Adam is on. I love you guys so much. Thank you for being there for me. Um, Tony and Adam were going to help me, let me do the show from their house this morning because I was having internet difficulties, but now my difficulties have been settled and I didn't have to do that, but um, they're always there for the voices of the cannabis ward for me and the prisoners and everybody. They're, they're cool people. And Donna, um, Tom's wife, I, I see Liz is on there listening. Thank you for that. Um, Lisa, thank you, Lisa. Um, you're a trooper. Like, I love you, that you love listening and that you thank you very much for supporting our prisoners and um, their sacrifices. And Dr. David Allen, I see you listening, and thank you, and we love you, and I hope you're doing good. Um, I want to say real quick on, yeah, on behalf of Dr. Allen, first of all, I want to say good morning, Dr. Allen, and second of all, um, he still needs help against the medical board that are trying to um, really make all the doctors down there suffer. So if you're listening and you're an attorney and you want to help Dr. Allen, look up, look him up on Facebook or get a hold of Kristen or I and we'll connect you. His name is um, David Allen on Facebook or, again, just look up Voices of the Cannabis War and we'll get you in contact with him. Um, he, Dr. Allen, if you, you can look him up on YouTube. You can see all kinds of things that he's done. He's an expert on the endocannabinoid system and um, should be still able to practice medicine the way that um, we need him to. So if you're out there and want to help him, please reach out. Yeah, nobody deserves to lose their career for a plant. Dr. David Allen went to trial and won, so he's not just an advocate for a plant. He's a hero for for all of us to be able to look up to, and he was, guess what, a heart surgeon, okay, before they took his license away, and he lost family and his career, and that should never be acceptable, and went to jail for a plant, so, you know, this man has risked everything in order to tell us, to, in order to recommend it to patients, lost everything. Please stand, honor and stand for Dr. David Allen and every sacrifice he has made to our movement. Mindy, what can you think of? you think we should go and close, or do you think um, we're about done with the show, or do you think of anything else we've forgotten to say? Oh, I'm sure there's lots of things that we forgot to say, but I'm okay with closing the show a little early today. Um, okay. How about you, Kristen? Well, I, I agree. So, well, we just want to thank everyone for listening to the Voices of the Cannabis Wars radio show. Um, right now, we want to thank especially the listeners, um, the volunteers. I want to thank Becca, who screens for us every once in a while. Um, also, thanks to the group that she's part of, Vision Solution International, and all the other groups, Can Do, um, Marijuana Lifers Project, Freedom Grow, everybody who fights for prisoners. And I don't want to leave anybody out if I forgot anybody, but um, we love all the groups out there. Um, in fact, the November Solution has a page. November Coalition, yes. 
fact, the November <laughs> the Human Solution has a page on their site where you can go and get resources if you would like help with prison outreach. And they have a they have a, a page on their site that will give you all the information to all the different other groups. So I urge everybody to check that out. Um, again, that's the Human Solution or no thsi.org. Mindy, is that what their website is? <laughs> I'm embarrassed that I don't remember. We we should know the website. Um, let me look it up while well, you're you, talking. Th yeah okay. So thanks to them, um, and just know one thing you can do today. There are two things you can do right now. I mean immediately, by to help end prohibition is educate each other about jury nullification. It's not good enough if just you know it. The whole entire nation has to know it for it to work, and they all have to believe that no one should go to jail for a plant. So if you're ever called to jury duty and the government puts a whole bunch of sticky things in front of you and they tell you that they, this guy broke this law. Well, it's just as simple as saying, hey, what is this law? Is it silly? What is a bad law? And if it's a bad law, you can refuse to convict. You can just simply say, no, not guilty. You can be the one out of the 11 jurors that stands up and saves somebody from a possible life sentence. And it doesn't just have to work for cannabis. It helped in slavery, helped in alcohol prohibition. It can help with any crime that you see should not be applied in a particular crime. Whether you think the law is bad, which my recommendation would be to judge a law. Is this, is this a violent, is this a nonviolent law? Is it a nonviolent crime? <clears throat> you know, look up and find out how long a person can go to jail because that's one thing jurors don't know. Okay, one thing, the other way we can end jury, um, prohibition right now is by not snitching. And I say not snitching because, yes, when you're called by the feds or by the state to say, hey, did this person do this, um, yes or no? Um, no. Well, we're not going to send you to jail if you say yes. Oh, okay, well, yes, whether you did it or not, if you got a snitch that's willing to say that you did it, you might as well just start counting the years you're going to spend in prison because snitches will get your ass caught up forever. So, one, we don't want you to snitch in the first place. So if you coordinate with all the other defendants and stand strong and you can all fight your case and take it to trial, that's the alternative to putting each other in prison. And that, going to trial and relying on our jurors to say not guilty is what is going to end all the madness. That is the key to ending the war. It's one of the keys to ending the war. Yes, we can also deschedule it. We can do all kinds of stuff to end it. But these two things combined would end, would end it almost immediately, regardless of what the president's talking about doing or the attorney generals or the head of the DEA, whatever they're talking about, we can end without them, okay? Thanks, CCHI, for giving us this platform to have our voice on. And now I will say it's Sunday. Um, help us end prohibition so these people can come out of jail and so that some of our fallen heroes can rest in peace, okay? And here I go. One, Eugene Fisher. He was the host of this radio show. Spent 25 years in cannabis, in prison for cannabis, got himself freed. He stood up for others by fighting for them after he got out of prison. He could have walked away and enjoyed his freedom, but he didn't. He Every single day that he was out of prison, he worked hours in trying to free prisoners and hours. And that's not an understatement. That, that's not an overstatement. That is an understatement. He's passed away from natural causes that kidney reasons, which he got sick in prison. They they ruined his kidneys in prison, so he'd probably be here longer had he not been in prison. But he's a good friend to our radio show. In fact, we honor him to the highest, 
highest amount of honor you could ever give to somebody. Thank you, Eugene Fisher, for your time served on earth, and now he is at rest with the other heroes in our in our in our Sunday clothes, like my father, Richard Floor, who <laughs> actually fought to get it legalized back here in, in nineteen ninety-eight, um, in Washington and then moved to Montana and out there to get legalized and then owned five dispensaries out there. And guess what? The feds didn't like the state laws, so they raided twenty six dispensaries in one hour. Well, my father um, ended up going to prison and they treated him so bad in prison. The medical prison is so terrible. But they shackled him to a bed. They tortured him to death. They wouldn't give him his meds. And he died shackled to a bed. But I personally had to take him off life support. Well, they had my mother in another prison who wasn't even able to get out to get to his funeral. So rest in peace to my father. Rest in peace to Gary Shepherd, who <laughs> over 20 years ago, grew some plants in his backyard, and the federal government brought the helicopters, the SWAT team, all their guns, and they stood out there waiting for him to come outside of his house. Seven hours later, when he came outside of his house, they shot him over 20 times. They also shot down Mary Jane Jones. She survived. When she was shot down, they were, she was holding their baby, their baby Jake in her arms, and Gary Shepard passed away leaving Mary Jane Jones to raise to Jake, raise baby Jake all by herself. But guess what? They had a niece named Stacy, and Stacy drives around the big green bus to help end prohibition all over the world. So rest in peace to Gary Shepard. Also rest in peace to Jack Herrer, who taught us about the plant. He fought for our rights down in California, left us with a book that, just, that tells us all about the conspiracy, all about everything against the plant. If you read his book, The Emperor Wears No Clothes, you will find out how this madness started, how hemp can help us, how medicine can, how cannabis can help us with medicine, how it can help us with fuel, how we can just save all of our problems that we have in this world and save our world by using hemp and cannabis. So check out his book, Emperor Wears No Clothes. Also, I want to say rest in peace to Peter McWilliams, who was a civil rights activist. Um, for cannabis, as well as gay gay rights. Um, he was on probation, and he was sick, and he wasn't able to use the medicine for his nausea, and he passed away. So check out some of his books. He's written inspirational books, um, one that helped me when my father passed away, and he's got all kinds of stuff that can help you with your life. Um, that's Peter McFoyer. Also, rest in peace to Bill Duarte who was our 4th of July hero, and this is really what 4th of July should be all about, is Bill Morte because he was serving 20 years in prison, um, and he was in prison with our host, Eugene Fisher. He was a really good friend of Eugene's. Or, and on his, about his 20th year in prison, Bill Morte he died because he had a major heart attack in the prison yard. And he was serving a life sentence for cannabis, so he was sentenced to die there, and he did without his voice being heard. However, Bill Morte, Eugene used to always tell us about how Bill Morte fell in love in prison. In fact, he wanted to have um, the, the woman that he fell in love with on our radio show to talk to, to help honor Bill Morte. But um, one thing he did not go without was uh, love. So he had that in his life, um, despite prison. Also, Larry Harvey, who traveled to D.C. at one point to fight for our plant. He's a defendant. Now, all his family members were defendants, federal defendants. In fact, they are getting sentenced soon. Well, Larry died from cancer. In fact, they didn't even let him have cannabis um, while he was on probation or when he was doing his um, 
his his release, um, he had to follow different certain laws that they not laws but stuff that they have going on. He couldn't smoke or use it for curing his cancer or anything like that. So he passed away. Also, we were going to say rest in peace for D Young for giving us Adam just before she left. She she came to our state and used our plant and she gave us a big fighter um, by the name of Adam and we love you D. Thank you. Also to Curtis Cecil, whose father called into our, sh- our show today, who's serving a life sentence for cannabis. He's on his 15th year. Um, he's lost so much in his life, but the most thing he's lost is his son, Curtis. Um, and he wasn't even able to be there for his son's funeral. And his son had to go through so much without his dad. Um, and that's just a, an example of why we need to end prohibition so our prisoners can go home to their families. Also, rest in peace to two little children, Spencer Coptis and Cashy Hyde, we're using the plant to cure their cancer. Well, when the plant became um, became unavailable due to raids, um, their their caregivers were raided, and their parents weren't able to find the medicine that they needed to help cure the cancer. So the cancer came back, and the little children passed away in the war. Um, we also want to say rest in peace to Bernardo Fernando Martinez, who was a very close friend of mine, who really cared about the prisoners and who really cared about getting a jury nullification message out there in a world level, worldly level and let the world, whole world know that we still have over 50 people serving life sentences. Uh, but but uh, Fumo passed away. Rest in peace to him and to Lane Sammons, a member of the ONAC um, tribe who was using the medicine to fight all kinds of her illnesses. Well, the post office intercepted the mail that had her medicine in it, and she didn't get her medicine, and she passed away um, in the middle of the war. Also, rest in peace to Ox. Oscar, who was Eugene and George's friend, who went, they say he went to FCI in the sky, and to Rick Smith, a local advocate here in Washington, who just, I, I look up to him, I got a chance to meet him before he passed away, he personally gave me a lot of inspiration, so um, please help us in prohibition so our life prisoners can get out, and our other prisoners can go home to their families, and all our people can rest in peace. Thank you for listening to the Voices of the Cannabis Wars radio show this Sunday on July 17th. Um, I'm going to play a song. It's called Cushite's No More War. Or it's it's, um, Cushite Seeks to Plays It, and it's called No More War. But first, before I do, Mindy, do you have anything else? No, thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a beautiful week. All right, thank you. All right, well, I'm trying to play it. And it doesn't seem like it's working very much. Mindy, can you press the play button on that if you're still on there? Um, I think it might just be my computer. Okay. If I can find it. Because my computer just has that little thing going around in circles, and it still says it next to um, Tom's. Here we go, Kristen. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. It's so bad to bring us to war. I don't know why you brought us to Tell you the truth, man. I 
can't hack this I'm losing my patience like a damn malpractice 2012 and they still manifesting destiny With military industry complex style weaponry Depriving heads of righteous men while sipping on the Hennessy CIA means coke in America, apparently It's been a narco-plutocracy since the 70s Corporations profiteering, domineering everything Radio press, news in the media You better learn to discern from the bullshit that they're feeding you Like GMOs from Monsanto Ringing alarms at family farms so man can't grow Oh, <laughs> 